we had to have a meeting, <laughs> conference. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. We have, uh, as uh, Joshua already said, we've, we've got, um, it's summertime, 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 some, some, summertime, 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 and uh, how many of you are enjoying the heat and the heat to come? Yeah? Great, yeah, some people really like the heat, you know, yeah. Um, we have, uh, we have Australian friends who are going to be with us here in about 12 days. They, uh, they, what is that called, FaceTimed? whatever it is, message, FaceTime thing last night, and uh, they were all over at uh, another friend's house having a, a smoked ribs or smoked something, something that Bevan's been on the smoker anyway, and they're all, they're all like rugged up, you know, they're sitting out by the pool, and they're all like bundled up and stuff because it's wintertime over there, and we're like going, dude, uh, air conditioner's going full blast, Philip, Philip's like, I can't wait, because Philip loves hot, he loves hot, he loves heat. So he can't wait to get here. But this morning, I know we have families that are out. We've got, we've got swim meets going on. We've got baseball games going on. We've got all kinds of activities. People are out on vacation, I know, because everybody's trying to, this is about it. You know, August, school starts, what, about the 11th-ish? Somewhere it's in the middle of the month, so there's not much uh, summer left. I'm glad we had summer when I was a kid because we got we got like three whole months, you know, and it was like, and it was like, still too short. <laughs> you got to go back to school now. <clears throat> but <clears throat> anyway, praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to make the announcement now, Dan, because if I wait till the end, I'll forget it. But Dan just came up to me and said that if anybody does want to is can thinking about being baptized or considering baptism. Uh, we're having a baptism in the Grove, correct? And uh, so he is going to hold a baptism class. When do you want to do that, Dan? Right after church this morning. So it only takes about two and a half hours. So just, you know, grab some lunch. <laughs> no, it's not that long. Uh, but I do want to pray for our, as we're, you know, in worship this morning and... and you know, just really feeling the presence of the Lord and what, what He's doing in lives. And I, and I look around and, you know, I, I know we have Elizabeth uh, Conine. She's like great, <laughs> great with child. Um, over here, ready with another one. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that we have, you know, ladies that need prayer and that are, you know, going through their pregnancies and getting ready to deliver. Uh, and I just really feel that we need to take a time to, to take faith, to take faith and just pray for those who need prayer this morning for whatever it might be. It might be a headache. It might be, who knows, whatever the Lord, I see Crystal back in the back too, is also <laughs> getting, uh, getting very close. How many more? How much longer? All right. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're going to have to probably take part of the parking lot and add more nursery, but that's a great thing, isn't it? It's an awesome thing. But I, I really feel that, that sense to take time to pray for those who need a healing. I know this gentleman over here has got a foot that's been operated on. I don't know if you got prayer last week or not, but uh, we'll, we need to pray for that. Uh, how many of you would like to have a word of prayer this morning for some type of healing? Look at the hands going up all over the, all over the auditorium. 
Well, just, let's just all stand. We're just going to do a blanket thing. And if, if you're close to one of these folks, raise your hands again, folks. Go over and just stand with them. Lay hands on them. That's what the Word of God says. It says they laid hands on them and they were healed. We want to believe for that. We want to stand on that Word. That they were healed for whatever it was that might be upon them. Physical, emotional, spiritual battles. Whatever they might be. And for those two that we know we, 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 we lost a, a crop duster yesterday in a terrible crash. You know, and another one that's injured. And, there, and I know that the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But let's just lift these things up in prayer today. Lord, we come before You. We stand on Your Word. Your Word says if they will come, that they will lay hands upon You, and You shall receive healing in the name of Jesus through the power of the Word. And He says, by Your faith, when the woman came to Jesus and He touched the hem of her garment, He said, who touched me? And she said, it was I. And He said, virtue flowed from Him. Virtue flowed out of him, and he said, you know, you, you are healed because of your faith, because you believe you're healed, because you press through, you, you, uh, you're healed. So we're pressing in this morning, O Lord God, and we're just claiming, claiming by our faith, standing on the Word of God this morning, standing on that Word for healing, Lord, for, for you know, again, for, for health and safety as these, these women are bringing forth children into the world, Lord God, that those children would be healthy healthy and, and whole. Lord God, the, that the mothers would be healthy as well. We lift all that up to you because we are a people, a family of God. And we are united, Lord, united in our faith. And we just praise you. We thank you in your mighty name. All God's people said amen. amen. All right. Amen. Praise God. Please be seated. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. All right, Terry, go ahead and fire that, that video up there. If you would, please. Tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> I just, I start thinking about being buried alive and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever, ever tried to, to bury you alive in a box? No. No, but... Truly, thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So, what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic? Uh, yes. Yes, that's it. All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most we find most people can uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. You're there. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it? Yes. S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. 
so I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you, you, you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. <laughs> it is. Then stop it! I, I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since no, childhood. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, it goes on and on, but uh, how many of you have uh, seen that skit before? Uh, that's my new counseling philosophy, and since I've taken it up, my patient load has dropped right through the floor. Because I can get in about six appointments in an hour that way. All right, sit down. What's the problem? Stop it! What does that have to do with my message today? Absolutely nothing. I just love that. That's all. I just I, I love New Heart. I love uh, I love that that little that skit because. But it, it is so real. If you have any type of a fear at all in your life, and you be honest with me this morning, any fear at all, stick your hand in the air. All right, we got t- fourteen honest people in this room. Fear is something that is, it, it, it's just an amazing emotion. You know, uh, what are we afraid of? Uh, you know, claustrophobia. I, I actually have um, claustrophobia. I don't like to have my arms pinned down. And ever since I was a little kid, or a little guy, you know, if I was somebody who was rustling with me, they'd get the best of me till they pinned my arms, and it was all over but the shouting, because I wasn't having that. But, you know, <laughs> we... I bring up this whole issue of fear because it'll do two things. It's going to either motivate you to do something or it's going to paralyze you completely. You know, and we cannot be a people who are ruled by fear because fear stops us from doing or stepping out and, and actually stepping into what we've been hearing the whole time for, for, from Pastor Doug and from uh, Elaine's message last week is, you know, that it's about fear and what it can do in our lives. Elaine came up last week and she said, you know what, I, I, I'm a little afraid. <laughs> she had fear in her. Why? Because my computer my wouldn't print my notes, my this. You know, she was, you know, a total wreck. And, uh, and, but then what happens, God gives her a word that does what? That motivates her to do what she's called to do. Because you have been anointed to bring the word of God. Well, then I guess I better do that. Fear is an amazing thing. You know, she said that she was a little bit rusty. You know, haven't preached in a while. You know, I felt like the Tin Man this morning. You know, trying to get everything working. It's been a while. You know, you stay out of the pulpit. But, you know, we want to continue on with, with Acts. And uh, I know that Pastor Doug's had a hard time getting through the first three chapters, and then, of course, you know, Elaine was able to cover seven, and I'm going to cover eight, so when he comes back, if he takes three weeks to get through nine, you all need to say, hey, you're taking too long, you know. There's a lot, there's a lot in the book of Acts, but these are the Acts of the Apostles, as, as Pastor Douglas said. This is what we're studying, going through this process of what was chronicled that the Apostles did beginning from the time that Jesus was crucified on the cross and when he reappears to them, and then they move forward into the ministry. So I'm going to be in Acts uh, 8 today, and we know that last week we heard, you know, again from Elaine, regarding a man named Stephen. 
a brave, dedicated man. Do you think that Stephen had fear in his heart? Do you think he was fearful of what was going to happen? When, he, when God said, I'll give this speech, you know, I want you to, I want you to, want to reveal to you what, what you need to say to them. You know, I mean, easily he could have thought in the back of his mind the whole time, you know, I'm going to get done with this thing. They're going to hate me more. They're going to, they're going to stone me to death. Which they did. But his, his dedication and his faith and his, his I guess, uh, dedication to his relationship with the Lord much outweighed his fear of what the Lord was asking him to do. And it cost him his life. At one point, I know what Paul says in the Scriptures, he says, none of you have suffered unto death. You see? But they did. They did. So what happens now is that we've seen the life of Stephen. We've seen his dedication. We've seen that he was devout. We've seen that it, you know, again, cost him his life. So we move on into uh, chapter 8. And notice at the end of chapter 7, too, what happened here is... is uh, Saul comes on the scene. Because at the end of chapter 8, it says that they took and they laid their garments at Saul's feet. You know, after they stoned, after they stoned uh, Stephen. And what happens, and you, you turn to 8, the first thing it says in 8 is, is that, and Saul approved. Saul approved of this execution. Why? Because Saul was, at that time, lost did not understand, you know, totally dedicated to, he was a Jew, you know, he, was, he said, I, you know, I've, I'm more, he rehearses his whole life later on, and says, you know, I, I'm more a Hebrew of Hebrews, and Pharisee of Pharisees, and all those kind of things than you all, you know, but I still serve the Lord. But here, he's still Saul, no name change yet. <laughs> and it says that he, you know, he's persecuting me, he approved of that, and he, at this point in time, it says he goes about, it says, arose on that day a great persecution against the church. A great persecution against the church in, in Jerusalem. And then it says that the believers were scattered. You know, at first, when you read something like that, you think, uh-oh, you know, now they're dispersed. They're all scattered all over the place. Maybe Paul thought that's a good thing. You know, why were they scattered? Well, they were fearful. They really had to get out of their home, home base. Because why? Because Saul was going from house to house to house to house, knocking on doors and dragging women and men out and hauling them off to prison. Now, we would never see anything like that happen in today's world, would we? It does happen in today's world. It's not happening in the United States, but it's happening. It's happening. People in our, our underground churches, they're in hiding, you know, because the, the Christian faith is not approved. I mean, you know, there's, we know there's countries where you go in there and they find out you're a Christian, you're in some serious trouble. I know at one point in time, several years ago, when Pastor Doug Sr., for lack, Pastor Doug and I were going to travel to India, and then we were going to go on to Pakistan to be with uh, uh, Bill Johnson. And uh, when they took our, our 
paperwork to get our visa, we, we went to San Francisco, didn't we? We got denied because we had put ministry on there, didn't we? We, we put ministry on there, and they said, nuh-uh. Not, not going to happen, see? So we weren't, weren't able to make that part of the trip. And that was quite a few years back. And things have escalated since then. But what happens here is the church is being persecuted. The people are being scattered. The believers are scattering out. But what does it say happened? Actually, it caused the church to spread. Didn't it? What, 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 what Satan means for bad, God will turn to good. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, let's just disperse. You know, let's get out of Woodland because, man, they're killing them. They're killing them in Woodland. You know, let's get out of Woodland and we'll just like, they won't know who we are. And so we'll be cool. You know, we can just like go ahead and we'll be like closet believers. Okay. We won't be in any danger. So they disperse. But what, but instead of negative, they have positive. And the word is start, they start spreading the word. It says, but the devout men, which were the apostles, they stayed behind. They stayed behind. Now, see, they're still risking their lives. Be, keep in mind, you know, here we get, they just watched one of their friends, you know, who is speaking the gospel get stoned to death, which Elaine described very well, is not a very good way to die. I don't think any way is a good way to die. <laughs> I'm not into any of that. But, you know, it happens. But here, you know, in this way, that's, that's what happens. And so, would you have fear? Would there be fear in your heart if you knew that your neighbor just got, got stoned to death because of their belief as a Christian? Would you be, would you be, like, be like, um, like, like Peter who said, Oh, Lord, I'll never deny you. <laughs> you know, well, there, you're one of those. No, I ain't, no uh, I'm not one of those guys. You know, three times. Or will we have this kind of devotion? So they went and they got Stephen and they buried him. And they buried him. Devout men. Saul ravaging the church. Committing people into prison. Now here comes Philip on the scene. And Philip, it says those who were scattered went about preaching the word. And Philip went down to uh, a city called Samaria. And he proclaimed to them the Christ. Now keep in mind here too, as you know, that the Samaritans were not the most well-liked people. You know, Samaria wasn't really a place that a lot of people went. Matter of fact, most of the Jews, when they would travel, would go across the Jordan, go around Samaria, and then come back across the Jordan. Because the Samaritans, what they were known for is they were, they only believed in the Pentateuch. They only believed in the, the Mosaic Law. But it was also intermingled with, a, there was a lot of pagan Things they were there was this real mixture. See, so they were they were tainted. So they stayed away from there because they didn't want to be a, affected by their belief system. You know, it's kind of like kind of like us. We could isolate ourselves and never leave the church because we're safe in here. None, none of those other beliefs will get at us. You know, we'll uh, make sure that we don't read anything that's going to taint our mind or see anything or any of that. But what's happened is that they, they, they're in this place. But what, what happens is with that group, keep, so Philip goes there and he starts preaching the gospel in Samaria. Amazing, huh? You're going to go preach the gospel to a whole bunch of people that you know don't believe a word you're saying. <laughs> he could get stoned in Samaria. 
you know. But he does it anyways. So he goes and he preaches and it says, and they started believing. They start believing in what he's saying. The crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and they saw these signs and wonders. Now he starts working signs and wonders as well. Because why? Because he had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't just born again or saved and baptized in water, but had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well. And he goes down there, and they're paying attention. And, but what were they paying attention to? It says, unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in the city. Can you, I mean, can you imagine... You know, again, put it in today's world. Why does it have to be different? Well, you know, that was then. This is now. I read in my Bible that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what changes? Nothing changes except what we want to put into our faith mix. You see? But I mean, wouldn't you believe that if we were able to truly have the faith to go out into the world and do the things that the apostles did, that's why we're, we're looking at Acts. You know, are we willing to, to, I think the theme for this year is what? What's the theme for this year? Risk it all. Risk it all. And what does that mean? Well, I'll risk this day and maybe that day, but no, risk it all. Risk it all. And be able to go. Would, would there be joy in a city where people are, are being healed and, and, and we're Is there any unclean spirits out there? Ah, one or two, maybe. Maybe three. I don't know. I never counted. I know there's a few of them. We have a lot of things going on in our world right now. A lot of stuff. And you know that. You know, you you, you watch the news. The news just depresses me. I'm not a news hound. My wife is a news hound. I just like go, ugh, I can't take it. You know, and then she goes right from that over to politics, which, I can't take that either. So I go out in the backyard and, I don't know, play with a dog. But I know that there, because I know that there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. We have a lot of things that we have, have really got to take a hard look at that are coming our way. You know, November is going to be one big changing time. And we know that as well. And we need to pray for our leadership and pray for those that are out there. Our police personnel, you know, are they humans? Yes. Do they make wrong decisions? Unfortunately, sometimes, yes. Do they make them on purpose? I don't think so. I, you know, I don't think that happens. But I do know that every time something like that happens, they have so little support. They have so many things come against them, you know, they, there's things that people put out now that are actually cut and paste. It's not really what's happening. It's just, but I want people to believe this is what happened. You know, those officers that are out there, they're out there for our benefit. And it's a really thankless, thankless job unless we thank them. We need to do that. Because they're, they're putting their lives, even in Woodland, Yolo County, you, th- you think that they're, they're safe here? No, they're not. And I bring that up because it's just one other area that we have going on. Things are escalating in this area where, you know, 
um, law enforcement are bad people and, you know, we need to go and, sh you know, they're shooting them and things are happening. What's going on in Munich? I mean, goodness gracious. And we need to pray too. Vanessa's mom was in Munich, probably at that mall. She was what, Kelly? She went there the next, she was going to go the next morning. Wow. And they would have been at McDonald's, probably. You know? But that's, see, that's what, those are the spirits that have gotten a hold of the world and the things that are getting a hold of people out there that this is okay, I can do this, you know? And, and it's, we just call it insanity. But what's our battleground is we need to know, we need to get Jesus into the lives of people. We need to get Jesus into the hearts and the lives of people to understand how important that is. I did a memorial service yesterday for a lady, and you know they weren't really sure whether what her relationship with the Lord was or whatnot. But one thing that everybody said was she she was a servant to everybody. She served her, her everyone, her city, her her community, her neighbors, her family. She was always there to serve, you know. And and I just think that's a great. A great thing to have people say about somebody, whether or not, you know, they knew the Lord or didn't know the Lord. But it was also a chance for us to get a gospel out to a lot of people that had maybe never heard it. As a matter of fact, several people came to me afterwards. I know them for a long time. And one of them said, this first time I've been in a church since I was a little bitty kid, you know. Um, and another one said, I've been meaning to come and meaning to come. They came this morning, but I don't see them here now. But anyway, point being is that you got to keep planting those seeds and you got to keep planting that kind of hope and that kind of belief. So anyway, we go on here and what happens is that, you know, they're paying attention. Uh, great and mighty things are happening uh, through, uh, through Philip's ministry. And, then, and, and who sees it but Simon? Simon the, the sorcerer. <laughs> Simon the magician. And he sees what's going on. But now, Simon, <laughs> Simon's one of those personalities, and I don't know, maybe you know a few of them. I, I, have a, I seem to always have a couple of them in, in my life somewhere. Uh, that I, I call him a massive opportunist. You know, he's a self-promoter. You know, because look at what he says. Simon, who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people, and, uh, and saying that he himself was somebody great. Yeah. Hi, my name's Simon. I am somebody great. <laughs> you ought to see, you know, and, and, and because you've been doing this for such a long time, the people are like, yeah, he is. This guy's like big magic, you know, big time. So he sees what Philip's doing and he's like, oh, well, I, well, I want some of that. You know, he's like, you know, so Phillips all of a sudden becomes the popular guy. You know, I want some of Philip's magic, you know, but Simon... Uh, goes and, and he talks to Philip about it. And of course, what ends up happening is it says Simon actually becomes a believer. And he gets baptized. <laughs> well, my mind immediately goes, no, he's got an he's got a agenda here. He's got an agenda. I don't know. I'm not saying he didn't get saved. And, you know, of course, he did get baptized. But the reason why he might have gotten saved is what kind of got my spirit a little bit upside down. And it's just me. It's just me, not you guys. But, you know, and so he does that. But what does he do? It's actually one translation says he becomes Philip's shadow. 
<laughs> he's just like going everywhere that Philip's going because, man, I want to see all of this stuff. He wants to see all that. And when he sees him, he sees him laying hands on people and they're getting healed and all these things are happening. Then he's really like, oh, I got to have that. I got to have that. So, so let me get out my wallet. You know, he gets out his wallet and he says, he says hey, Philip, I'll pay you. I'll pay you to give me some of that stuff. And what does he say? He says, Simon, put your, put your money away and put you away with it, is what he pretty much tells him. You know, the fooey on you and fooey on your money. You know, it doesn't come that way, but he tells him, he says, your heart, how does he put it? Seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Uh, go on there, Terry, I think. The, it's close behind that 14 or 15. When... Peter kind of rebukes or Philip rebukes him and says, the problem here, your heart is in the wrong place. He, he detects you're full of jealousy and greed because you're a man who's always been motivated by money. 20 and 21. Thank you, Wanda. Uh, yeah, here it is. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain a gift with money. And then he, he goes on here and he says, uh, you have neither part nor, nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in uh, the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. In other words, you're jealous. You just, all you want to do is you want to, you don't want, this isn't about glorifying God. This is about glorifying you. If you get this, I lay my hands on you and you get this kind of power, it's about glorifying you. And, and, you know, can that happen? Does that happen? Yes, I think it does and it can and it did happen at different times. When You know, and God's not going to get the glory if we aren't doing what we're doing to make sure that people are seeing God. Then please don't do it. <laughs> please don't do it. People ask, they say, you know, again, I, I, I refer back to this because, again, yesterday what we did was, was uh, because of the chaplaincy, working with law enforcement, because the lady who had passed away was the mother of one of our police officer, uh, our police department personnel. And, uh, and so we wanted to do this for her, for the department as well. So there was a lot of police department people here yesterday, <coughs> including there, our captain was here, uh, Derek Calf. I don't know if you saw him. Oh, anyway, he was here, and uh, and and so people were asking. They said, "So one gal, she says, so Scott, I mean, why you know, why do you do this?" I said, "Why do we do what? Why do you do this? I mean, you get paid, right?" And two of the officers are sitting there and they're going, "They don't get paid to do this. It's all volunteer." She goes, "You kidding? Well, then why do you do that?" And I said, because people need, people need to hear about the love of Jesus Christ. People need to hear about that there is hope. You know, there is, there is life after death. Uh, Matt Van Pearson, pastor, one of the other pastors, one of the chaplains, he, he brought the message yesterday. Great message. He brought this into, into light for them, helping them understand that, you know, death isn't something that we always planned for, but, it, but, but we need to. Because there is life after death. And it needs to be part of your plan. 
and helping them understand that because they don't think past this. He said, he, he said it, and we all know it. Life in the eyes of God that he gives us, whether it's, you know, four score and 20 or however that scripture goes, is, is just, is just is a, a nick. One, one pastor, he, he shared a message that if you took a cable and you stretched it from here to the sun, and you took a razor blade and you put a nick on that cable, he said that might represent your life in relationship to eternity. <laughs> Just to give you some visual. See? It's so short, and eternity is so eternal. <laughs> you know, we need to get that people to understand that. You know, the, the love of life and the love of the things of life and the love of, 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 of this life overpowers and overshadows what, what we really can get by knowing and developing a relationship with the Lord. With the Lord. Who will even lengthen this life, if He so chooses. So anyway, back to where we're at here. So he says to pray for him and, and you know, and... Uh, you know, Philip's telling him pretty much, you know, you need to go and repent. But it says that um, in 25, now, uh, when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Again, there they are with the Samaritans. And now I love this. It says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, who said to Philip? An angel of the Lord. Who? An angel of the Lord. So God is going to speak to Philip. He says to Philip, I want you to do what? I want you to go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a really dirty, dusty, barren road. It is not a pretty walk. <laughs> okay? It's not like, uh, I want you to go to the Davis Arboretum. And there you will meet some people. No, I want you to go over down this dirty, old, hot, nasty road to Gaza. It says, this is a desert place. I studied it. It means desert place. When we were over in Ephesus, and I think I shared this before, when we were over in Turkey and in that area, that is a desert place place. <laughs> Pastor Doug and Jan, you've been to uh, Israel. Is, is it a desert place? Yeah. You want to go for long walks on a hot day? No. You want to go for a long walk on a cool day? No. <laughs> you want to go for a long walk. You know, but it, it, and so what happens is that the, the word of the Lord comes to Philip and he says, I want you to go, go down that road and go to, go to Gaza. And he rose and he went. Now, he didn't rise up and say, oh, Lord, it's going to be 102 degrees today. I don't, uh, nah. Can I wait till tomorrow morning? Or, you know, Lord, I, I really got a couple other things I got to do, but I'll go next week. Or uh, what else? What other kind of excuses do we have? Lord, I'm really tired today. I've already done so much. I just came through Samaria and I've been preaching. I need a break. Give me a break. No, he says, he got up and he went. He got up and he went. No excuses. No nothing. So he goes, he rose, he went. And he runs into the Ethiopian eunuch. 
This is another opportunity for ministry here. And when he runs into the Ethiopian eunuch, a court uh, office, uh, official of Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, uh, who, he was in charge of her treasure. Uh, he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning. And he was seated in his chariot. And he was reading from the prophet Isaiah. So he's reading the word from the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit again said to Philip, Who? The Spirit said to Philip, Go and jump on that chariot. Now, if, if the Spirit said, Scott, go and jump on that guy's car, it better be parked. Because if it's moving, I'm not going to catch it. You know? But he says, go and jump on that chariot with him. And so he goes, and again, out of obedience. The whole point that we're trying to make here is that because of his obedience, his ability to hear from the Spirit of God, you know, and I don't think this was like a voice. See, how many of you want to hear this from, you know, Scott, I want you to go and witness to that man. <laughs> is that you, Lord? No, I don't think so. I think it's just, you know, what I ate or something, you know. But no, I, I, sometimes it's a still, small voice. Sometimes it's just something that's just in your spirit. It just, it just gets you right there. And he says, go. It's kind of like, you know, when, you know, and, and, and so he goes and he gets on the chariot with the eunuch and he says, he says, uh, you know, what are you reading? And he goes, well, I'm... <laughs> I'm not really quite sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm reading. I'm reading from the book of Isaiah. And of course, he goes to the, the Scripture and he, and he reads it to him. And, uh, and it says, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, like a lamb before its shears is silent. So he opens not his mouth, and his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And what does the eunuch say? He says, now, now tell me, Philip, now is he talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? <laughs> and again, the message Bible says, and Philip took advantage of the situation <laughs> and went to, uh, to explain the scripture. You see, this is just a perfect example of what happens in our lives every day. Perfect example of some of the things that happened yesterday when people start asking questions about, well, you know, what, what is your faith? What do you believe? You know, what do you, you know, preach? Oh, well, you know, I, I don't have my Bible in my hand, so I really can't tell you. It's not complicated. Not complicated. I was at a meeting at uh, Starbucks over here a while back with a gentleman, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw this young man, and he's, I, first of all, I spotted his Bible. He's got it open. Second, he's got a binder open, and he's reading, and he's flipping pages, and, and, I'm, and I'm completely not really hearing what this guy's saying to me. You know, it's kind of like, going past me, what he's saying, and he kind of picks up on the fact that I've lost my, my focus. And so I finally went over to young man, I said, well, that looks like quite a Bible study you got going on there. And he goes, oh yeah, man, it's really cool, and I'm going here, but I'm looking for this one scripture. And blah, blah. I said, Which, I said well, that's over here. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, we, we started having this great conversation, and the guy I was meeting was kind of going, um, hello, I'm over here. But, you know, it was just a really cool, neat thing to do. And how many of you have experienced that? You have opportunities and, and those, those moments come to just share your faith with somebody. And it's not complicated. It's very simple. But we still need to have that kind of obedience that where the Spirit says, you know, share, 
go. This person needs to hear. This person needs to know. This person is hurting emotionally. This person is feeling spiritually dry. Go and speak into their life. Go and share your faith with them. Let them know why the joy of the Lord is your strength. Who is He? And so, it says Philip tells him, he opened his mouth and he began, uh, beginning with the Scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch says, well, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And Philip said, have you taken Dan Corcoran's class yet? No, I'm kidding you, Dan. <laughs> and Philip said, let's go. So they both go in the water. He gets baptized. He comes up out of the water and it says, and when they came up out of the water, the, what the Spirit of the Lord, who? Again, the Spirit of the Lord carries Philip away. He's gone. Okay, now you put yourself in that guy's place. You just met this dude. He jumps on your chariot. He shares the word with you. You know, you, you become a believer. You get baptized. You come out of the water. He's gone. I would have been going, oh, this is too spooky for me. I think I'm going to go back. I, I don't, I, I'm going to go back to what I used to believe. I mean, that would just like freak me out. But it says, poof, you know. It says, it says Philip was carried away. And the eunuch saw him no more. But he went on his way rejoicing. It was like, that's all right. That's cool. I got what I came for, you know. <laughs> I, I know the Lord now, and I can go my way rejoicing. And, of course, then it says that, that Philip went on to, uh, um, was, uh, to uh, Azotus, Azotus. And, of course, just, I mean, and that's the other thing with, with Philip. So there you are. You baptize somebody. You come up, poof, next thing you know, you're in Azotus, and you're going, well, I guess... Well, I guess I'll just go keep doing what I do, and I'll just go keep sharing the gospel, you know. Or were you kind of going, well, Lord, what was the, what's that all about? You know, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> you know, you're out of there. These things are things that we kind of look at and we go, yeah, but that's the Bible. That's the Bible. It's supposed to happen that way. You know, that's why we read it, because it's cool stories, you know. They're true stories. These things really happened. And these things can still happen. See, now is usually where everybody starts going, uh-oh, it's going to get weird. <laughs> it's going to get weird in here now. going to do something crazy. No, don't need to get weird. All I want to do is challenge you this morning. Worship team, you can come if you would. Challenge you this morning. Because there's two things that you keep seeing throughout these scriptures. One, it says... You know, Jesus said to receive, you know, to be, be born again and to be baptized. Be saved and be baptized. Water baptism is very important. Now, with some, and you see it in this case, water baptism happens, then baptism of the Holy Spirit happens. It, happens, it can happen either way. But the point is, is that the power to walk in that kind of faith an act in that kind of faith comes when you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you receive that. When you receive that into your life. That power of God acts in you. It's the power that puts God hearing aids on you. 
you know, that are tuned in to hear God's voice. When He speaks into your spirit, that you don't have to question, well, is that me or is that God? Is that just the way I... Oh, I'll, eh, I'll let this one go. Years and years ago, Wanda was here in this church. I wasn't here yet. She was in the back. And the Lord gave her a word. Just come up and speak. And those of you that know Wanda know how hard it is for her not to just respond to saying something. And I mean that in the best way. But she didn't do it. She's, nah. She, she, she was afraid. She was scared. That's what. She was afraid. It was new. So what happens... Was it Blum, David Blumgren that was here when that happened? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Nobody here probably even knows who he is. Maybe a few people. Anyway, so what happens is then somebody else stands up and gives the same exact word verbatim. Wanda said, Lord, I will never keep quiet again. And she hasn't. And I mean that in the best way. (laughs) When the Lord gives her a word, something to share, as you know, she shares it. She doesn't camp on it, because you know what? It's not mine. It's His. I'm just a messenger. I'm just a, a hose to get it from the faucet to the garden. <laughs> you know, that's all I am. I'm just a vessel. And that's all any of us are. When God or the Spirit of God says, go, share your faith. Go, pray for that person. Go, ask that person, are you, are you okay today? Are you okay? Is there anything good with you? Are you good? Would you like some prayer? Yeah. That's all it takes. I'm asking the Pope over here if he wants prayer. You know, but, but you know, that's all it takes. We were with a, a group in the office yesterday. I don't, maybe, I don't know, I don't think any of them were faithful church attenders. But we went, I went to Susan. I Susan, I said, can I pray for you? She went, I'd love that. That's all it takes. Plant a seed. See, that's all it takes. You don't have to share the four gospels and you know, the whole thing. Okay, that's all you have to do. But we sang a song, Here's My Heart, Lord. Here's My Life, Lord. You know, and, and I, I just want that to be our closing prayer. That what you do this morning is you stand up and you, you sing this to the Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my life, Lord. What is the next line? Uh, speak what is true. Speak what is true into me, Lord. Why? That I might go and speak truth. That's all it takes. And show people how much the Lord loves them. So if you want to do that this morning, just all it takes. You don't have to have somebody lay hands on you and pray with you. You can if you want. But let's just all be standing as we close this morning. Thank you for your attendant ears. Speak what is true. Amen. Lord, we just come before you this morning. 
That's what we're offering up to you, Lord. Here's my heart. Lord, here's my life. Because, Lord, you're enough. Your love endures forever. So as we go from this place, oh God, I just pray that let your light so shine through us that, Lord, the world will see. Oh God, let us not take it and hide it under a bushel, but let us put us on a lampstand. That you would be glorified, Lord, in all that we say and all that we do. The people that cross our path will sense that there's a difference and they'll ask, what is it? What is it? What's the difference? It's the Lord in my life. I pray you bless each and every one as we go from this place, oh God, till we gather together again. God, that you just go before them. Grant them peace in the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Go in peace. Love one another.